Bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. If you looked at your bulletin, you may have noticed that it says October 9th. I don't know how many of you paid attention that closely. And uh, we decided that we would go with the same service that we would have done last Sunday, since nobody was here. And I actually wrote this sermon for last Sunday. But as it turns out, with a few modifications because of what happened last week with the hurricane, this sermon works really, really well in the Lord's providence and timing for what we're going to talk about today. And that's the church. We're going to talk about being the church, and it's really great that so many of you are here today to be the church, gathered. The church that gathers to be thankful, to worship the Lord. Because, think about it just for a moment. Some of you have lost property. Some of you have had trees down. But there was no direct loss of life on the island due to the hurricane. Which is a miracle. Especially since some of us stayed. It's a miracle. My wife still loves me. I have to confess, true, I said before, a hurricane will never hit Hilton Head. Because we are so tucked in, and I told my wife, I said, it's not going to hit. It's going to be a tropical storm. We have nothing to worry about. And we went to bed about 12, 12.30, convinced of that. And then she woke me up about 3.20 and said we lost power. And I saw the lightning and I said, that's the eye. We're in the hurricane. She said, you're kidding! <laughs> and the Lord protected us. And she actually said later, I'm thankful we stayed. There's the miracle. I'm thankful for those who volunteered to help clear the parking lot so that you all could park. Especially yesterday. I mean, earlier in the week, Rick McDevitt came with his Oceanwood stuff and Harry Scott pulled down some limbs so that they weren't dangerous to people and took two days to clear most of the parking lot, but we still needed parking around the pine straw. Yesterday I was in a panic because we had a wedding here yesterday. and I know, isn't that amazing? 200 people. 
And so I made a couple of phone calls. I called Harry again. Harry shows up, not just Harry. He says, call Lucius Moore. So Lucius shows up with Gaston. Harry brings three other guys and some guy with a bobcat. I love bobcats. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, I was practically in tears then. Just as they're wrapping up doing all the peripheral, and I said, don't worry about the middle lot. I called Steve earlier, and I forgot about Steve, and Steve shows up. He calls Joe Hunter and the Kuniches, and the Kuniches show up, and she puts something on Facebook, and Mick Pallon, Scott's son, shows up, and he has a tractor. I said, where'd you get the tractor, Mick? He said, I stole it. And he clears the middle lot with their help. I mean, I'll tell you everybody else who helped later, but I was constantly in awe. And there was so much to be thankful for. And there's so many instances that I've seen in the past week of the church being the church in different ways. Of people caring for other people in various and sundry ways that I know about, and I'm sure there are countless other ways that that's happened. And there are people who had no property damage, and there are people that had property damage, and there are people that had trees down, and there are people that had water damage. And we need to be the church. God's way. That's what this series has been about, by the way, over the past few weeks. We've been talking about God's way. We talked about God's way, and we talked about God's direction, and we talked about God's love, and God's love in God's family. And really, in many ways, the church is the extended family. If you really understand what Jesus talked about and how Jesus redefine God's people that we are the family through Jesus Christ. Once you come to Christ by faith, John 1, verse 12, you have the power to become His children. Because of sin, there's a broken relationship. Through Christ, you have the power to become His children. Then, once you accept Christ as your Savior and Lord, we become brothers and sisters. Does that mean that this is the perfect family? Absolutely not. No such thing. I've been telling people since I've been teaching a new members class and in the church for over 30 years, if you ever find the perfect church, don't go in it, you'll ruin it. Because we're all imperfect. There is no such thing. But this is God's family redefined. When someone came up to Jesus in his ministry and said, your mother, your brothers and sisters are outside, Jesus says, who are they? Let me tell you who they are. Those who know the Lord, who do the will of God, that's my mother and brother and sisters. He redefined it. And that's why the church is meant to be the family. 
And that's how we need to be with and for each other, especially now. Especially now. Because that's the way we will be blessed and we'll be a blessing to those outside, which we need to be desperately. You've got a desperate community out there. People that are hurting physically, materially, emotionally, and spiritually. And the only way that we're going to be able to minister is if we recognize that for ourselves, begin to do it with and for each other, and then go beyond ourselves to the community. And I know some of you are doing that already. We need to continue. We need to continue. You say, well, we don't have that much resources. We're small. Think about how Israel as the people of God started. The family of Abraham. And he was far from perfect. Think about how the church started. Eleven apostles and a few disciples. And they were boneheads. They were. I am too. Just ask my golfing buddies. What God can do with a small, fledgling beginning and people who are willing to work and sacrifice, what God can do, that's the church. That's the church. God can do amazing things when we do it His way as the church. And that's what He wants to do. That's what He is doing already. And He wants you to be a part of it. If you really understand yourself to be part of His family. That now we broaden that idea and we're the church working together for the sake of the kingdom and the sake of the gospel. Think about what God has brought forth through His people, through the church. The commandments. His Word. Jesus Christ. The Gospel. The the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit. For us. And though we're not perfect, we can always start again, over and over. We can repent and do better. The history of the church has many great aspects to it. We've done wonderful things. Also, we've done embarrassing things and even evil things at times as the church. But we can repent and we can start over and we can always do better. Let me tell you a prayer that I've been praying lately for myself that I came across in my quiet time. Father, give me sight to see my sins, grace to confess them, the will to forsake them, and the wisdom to learn from them. Because I always need to start afresh. And right now we have an opportunity to start afresh with all the mess that's around us. You know, sometimes we've made some mistakes. And sometimes we go in the wrong direction. What a great time to say we want to get it right. 
And we want to care for each other, and we want to go forward as a community for the community. Because that's what happened to Israel. The Old Testament reading, God in his wisdom and in his timing. The Old Testament reading, Israel had gone sideways. And they were exiled. And then they came back together. And Nehemiah got the people together. Jerusalem had been destroyed. And in 52 days, 52 days, they rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. Have you ever seen the wall of Jerusalem? The thing's immense. They didn't have heavy equipment. We do. In 52 days, they built the wall of Jerusalem again and put the gates on. We can rebuild this place in 52 days. I'm convinced of it. But that means we need to work together. You know what else they did? When they did the work, they also read from the Word. When they read from the Word, they repented. When they repented, Nehemiah said, that's not the only thing you do, you also celebrate. We need to celebrate us too. Because what the Lord has done protecting us, providing for us, we've been blessed in so many ways here. You know what's funny? I'll give you an example of that. When I heard someone told us that a tree had fallen on a building at St. Luke's. Now you need to understand, Meredith and I were here, we had no power. We're charging all of our items as best we can. Meredith's charging on her car. We couldn't get out of the garage. I told her she couldn't start the car. I didn't want to die of carbon monoxide poisoning. She ran her battery out, but that was okay because we could start it later for my battery. I'm using my flip phone because I have a solar power, see I'm not totally out of it, a solar power cell that I got for mission trips that I could charge my phone with. Aren't you impressed? There you go. So we're trying to stay in communication. Someone says, check out WSAV. I see this tree laying on the parasol. Someone told us about it. And my first reaction was, yes! The demolition has begun. If it was going to fall anywhere, didn't fall in the church, didn't fall in the preschool, didn't fall in the office building, we're intact, we're functional, we can gather for worship, we can function as a ministry because the office is intact, the preschool can function as an outreach, we're good. And we needed to do that anyway. The Lord started it. The work has begun. Being the church. Being the church. I want to give you three E's. The first is edification. We need to edify. Build each other up. See, the church has made a mistake down through the centuries at times. When it becomes an institution, it misunderstands its role. When it tries to build an empire, 
It misunderstands its role. We're a body. We're organic. We're relational. We need to understand what God did when He created the church. It's sacrificial. Reflecting the person of Jesus Christ. His hands, His heart, His body. To reach out in love and service to other people. To share His gifts with people around us. With a sacrificial attitude. And none of us have all the gifts in and of ourselves. That's why we need each other. Look at Ephesians 4 and Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. And oh, by the way, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 has this wonderful section of Scripture that talks about the body and there's no lesser than in the body of Christ when it comes to gifts and sharing the gifts. And right in there in between in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about love. Sacrificial love. That's how we are meant to be the body of Christ. And part of that is edification. Building each other up. There is enough tearing down going on in our culture, in our society, in our political realm right now. We need to edify. We need to build up. That's what we need to be about. Relational. Esteeming each other. As better than, better than ourselves. Philippians. Chapter 2. That talks about Jesus humbling himself. Right along that line, encourage. Second E. We need to encourage each other. Bring each other courage. Some people are really shaken right now. They're really shaken. They don't feel secure. Maybe their homes are a mess. They don't feel this is a safe place anymore. Maybe they're depressed. Depression is already epidemic in our country. We need to encourage each other. There's enough of getting beaten down and beaten up. You know, when the Lord sent His apostles out, He sent them out two by two. His apostles, then His disciples. Because we're meant to have someone draw alongside us to encourage us, to pray with us, to pray for us. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the one that draws alongside us. We need to encourage. When Paul began his ministry, he went out with Barnabas. The name Barnabas means son of encouragement. We need to be a Barnabas and see ourselves that way for other people. We need encouragers today. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, Iron sharpens iron. We need to get sharp. There's a lot of dull people out there. 
Don't take that the wrong way. We need to be sharpening. And we need to be sharp. And that's why we need to be together, by the way. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about that some people have stopped getting together. But the way that we stir one another up to love and good works is by gathering together in worship, in fellowship, in Bible study. That's how we stir one another up to love and good works. By gathering together. No Lone Ranger. No doing it on your own. No separation. There's power that happens when two or three are gathered in the name of Christ. For worship. For fellowship. Be intentional about being connected to the body of Christ. And the third is exhort. It's the flip side of the coin of encouragement. It means that once in a while we need to be challenged. It's part of what Scripture is meant to do to us. That it's not just about always saying, you're doing great. It's about saying, sometimes you need a kick in the butt. I do. I, sometimes I need a kick in the butt. That's my wife. I did when I was a kid. I still do. My staff might say so, too. I'm not sure. But we need exhorted. We need to be challenged. We need to be careful how we exhort one another. Speak the truth in love. Being told, you know what? That's not helpful for you. That's not helpful for your family. That's not helpful for the body of Christ. To speak the truth in love. There's another scripture in Proverbs, same chapter, 27. Of iron sharpens iron. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I sometimes need to be wounded by a friend so that I can be healed. Like a surgeon. So that I can get better. And we all need that from time to time. Because as the church, sometimes we just need honesty. We just need honesty. Someone holding up a mirror and saying, this is going on in your life. We don't like that necessarily, but we need that sometimes. You know, when someone is saying, and this is twice found in Jeremiah, peace, peace, where there is no peace, that's not helpful. Everything's hunky-dory, everything's cool. When it's not, that's being the church. Edifying, encouraging, exhorting. Sometimes a church acts like a hospital, taking care of the wounded. Sometimes the church acts like an army because we're in a spiritual battleground. Sometimes the church needs to be a team 
working together, fighting together, seeking to accomplish something together. Sometimes a church is a body operating with the gifts together. Sometimes a church is a family. There's lots of analogies to being the church. You can pick a bunch out. You can look through Scripture and see the different analogies. But it's never someone by themselves. It's never someone not connected and growing and sharing in being part of the body. Never. When Meredith and I were getting married and got married. We decided to join a church together. We heard about this great church. John Guest was the pastor preacher. Wonderful church. So we went and we ended up going through the premarital counseling and we got married there. And we kept saying, everybody says this church is so wonderful. We don't think it's that wonderful. And someone said to us, why don't you go to the new members class? So we did. We went to the new members class. And of course in the new members class they tell you you ought to get involved in the church. So Meredith and I being, you know, goody-two-shoe Christians, we decided we'd get involved in the church. So the first thing they recruited us to do was teach Sunday school, little kids. Okay. Well, that worked. I mean, it got us involved, and we kind of liked it, although we didn't have kids ourselves. Well, then someone heard that we had worked with Young Life, so they said, why don't you teach high school Sunday school? Well, then we started teaching high school Sunday school, and Bill Henry... Some of you know who that guy was. He was an assistant on staff here. Was in our high school Sunday school class. And then someone found out that we were tithing because we gave $2,100. And between the two of us, we made $21,000. We were rich. And so they asked us to stand up and give a testimony in church about tithing. And then someone else heard that we were working with Young Life, and so they said, why don't you help us start a parish retreat? So we started a parish retreat in the church. Meanwhile, we're working full-time. You understand that, both of us. And so we got the parish retreat going, which, by the way, we're going to bring back to St. Luke's in February this coming year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, I mean it was great. It was really great what was going on. Well, what ended up happening is I went to seminary and Meredith ended up being a secretary on staff. We figured we were almost working full-time. We might as well start. We found out how great that church was because we got involved. We got connected. And we grew. We understood more and more what it meant to be part of the church. See, church isn't something that you go to. It's not a building. Church isn't an institution. Or a country club. Or a society. It's a family. It's a body. It's being connected to a loving father. Through a self-sacrificial son. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you might learn about sacrificial love. So that you might be blessed. So that you might be a blessing. Which was the promise to Abraham. The first. The first. Of the ones set apart. By God, for God. As God's people. The one that was called to be God's people. Set apart. Who is Holy. Because that's what it means to be God's people set apart. Holy. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. To be holy. To be different. Called out to be together. Different from the world. Because we care. We care about each other. And then because we care about each other, we care about those around us. And we get equipped through worship, through fellowship, through Bible study. Especially today, we need to be the church. Because some here are hurting. Some out there are hurting. And the best way for us to help them is to be the church. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so grateful that you have spared us. That we're here today to thank you and worship you. That you have spared our island from total destruction. And that you've given us the opportunity to rebuild. Lord, help us to see this as an opportunity. To be rebuilt. As our island rebuilds. To be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit as individuals, as your family, as your church. To grow in the knowledge and love of you. To grow in the community as your people. And to be your witnesses and your instruments, your hands, your heart, your voice to those who are desperate in the community here, in the community around us. Lord, help us to be your church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.